Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. All right, welcome back in to another episode of Punt and the Poor Man. That's right, Drew Butler and Ryan Skates back once again. Ryan, I'm glad we're here. It's been a little bit of a while, a little hiatus. We did our proof of concept. Now we've got another rollout of episodes to come right here on Punt and the Poor Man. How are you doing, my man? Oh, doing great. Just trying to survive the heat. We're going to hit 102 today. <laughs> down here in South Georgia and uh, outside my window, I can see my, my air conditioning condensation unit. I mean, yeah. it's, there. it's awful. It's about to come through my ceiling. So, so you can't afford air conditioning. That's good to know. <laughs> well, right now. Yeah. Yes. Until, you don't have to pay until 30 days after you've run the, <laughs> so it's, for today I'm okay. Absolutely. We'll appreciate everybody tuning back in. Obviously, if you're here, you probably were able to listen to our first three episodes of Punt and the Poor Man. We had awesome guests like Lauren Smith, Jeff Dantzler, Coach Chris Hack. And to be 100% transparent, we took that proof of concept and we've been trying to find some advertisers to bankroll this thing because we have some awesome guests ready to roll out leading up to football season and into football season. And Ryan, I'm pleased to say we have officially found the first presenting sponsor of punt and the poor man. And the sponsor is actually in my frame of view right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, the presenting sponsor of punt and the poor man is Holderness and born. That's right. Holderness and born offering premium apparel and accessories inspired by the game of golf. They blend classic style with modern fit and performance. Check them out. Holdernessandborn.com. They are a partner of the poor man's game notes. That's probably how you know of them. The official apparel provider of the banner year merch line available and offered right now at the PMGN.com. Check out the PMGN bookstore commemorating the back-to-back national championships by the Georgia Bulldogs. You've probably seen some very prominent Georgia figures wearing their H&B banner year gear in celebration. Holderness and Bourne has shirts, pullovers, outerwear, bottoms, accessories, gifts. They have it all. Classic style, tailored fit. Holderness and Bourne, holdernessandbourne.com. We got a sponsor, Ryan. We have awesome guests coming up. We have a special guest today. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, but I'm wearing my holderness and board banner year gear right now. Check you you're out. Wearing, you're wearing the banner gear. I'm just wearing, you know, the typical country club issue shirt. But yeah, they make the best stuff, no doubt. And we're excited to have them. They've done a great job with that banner year. They have, man. Popular band. Seeing some people around town uh, wearing uh, those shirts is so cool. I've been on walks, you know, I go on walks every morning. And uh, there'll be people on the beach wearing the hats, or you'll see people playing golf down here wearing the shirts, and you see some luminaries wearing them. Yes, yes. And uh, it's a fun thing. And uh, anyway, so so big thanks to Holderness. We're we're on board. They were early. Yes. And uh, we we hope to honor their their excitement with with some good product here. Now I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? 
Hawking merch is a tough game. I've tried it. I've done it with punt and pass. You see me rocking my punt and pass rope hat right now, puntandpass.com. Go check it out. Your banner year lineup was a smashing success. Tell the people just how good it went or how good it's currently going. There's new items up for sale right now. Yeah, there's some cool new items, actually. Some very exclusive items. We're early to market with some uh, with some cool new stuff that Holderness has coming out for the fall. So, like I said, it's 100 degrees down here, and I've been getting emails, you know, every time an order comes through. And yeah. A lot of hooded sweatshirts for a day that it's supposed to be over 100 degrees. Um, it's a great so, piece. Right. Yeah, Seth McWhorter uh, designed it. And, um, you know, it's a cool way just for people who are uh, who, who love – this state and yeah. love, uh, certain football teams just to commemorate some good memories. So uh, it, it's been fun. It's, it's a neat thing. No doubt. Well, it's been a couple months since we did our last episode with coach Chris Hack, which was an awesome episode. Uh, he bragged about Sepp Straka, who has since won on the PGA tour. Sepp, uh, we're it's day one of the British open right now, the open championship for the golf nerds that will get mad at me for saying the British open Sepp chipped in on 18. So that's been one of the highlights of the day. What have you been up to? Uh, I'm glad you're back. I know we've been trying to get this thing going, but we're officially back, and I'm going to announce the guest here in just a second. But how's the fam? Uh, football season's right around the corner. SEC media days were this past week. We're getting closer and closer. Yeah, no, everything's good down here. I hope it is with you guys. Uh, yeah, we got two little ones, and we're uh, we're way down here in South Georgia, so we've got to already be planning out our trips to Athens. You know, when you're yep. in Atlanta, you can just decide on Saturday morning if you want to go to the game and. Down here, it's like going up the Oregon Trail, uh, going up 441 or Highway 15 for what seems like 12 hours to get to Athens. So we've got our, uh, you know, we've got our family trip to Athens planned. Yeah. We've got our father-son game planned. Then we have our parents' weekend planned. Wow. Parents' weekend will be Ole Miss. There's a whole bunch of folks going up, you know, ton of, seems like there's a lot of overlap between Georgia and Ole Miss fans, and that's going to be a great weekend. So, yeah, we're getting excited. What about you guys? What how, How's your summer been? Man, it's been great. Uh, Bridget is starting kindergarten here in a couple of weeks. Olivia is now seven months old. Kara right in the middle. She's three. We've been wearing out the pool, hanging out, enjoying our summer. We went down to Amelia Island with our whole family for 4th of July week, which was a lot of fun. And now, you know, as you get into late July, I'm so ready for football, man. There's just no doubt about it. Georgia has had a tumultuous offseason off the field. Um, some through no fault of their own, others through fault of their own. But I think everybody's ready for football to get here. Yesterday, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution announced a lot of revisions to their complete hack journalism and hatchet job of an article accusing Georgia of rallying around sexual assault allegations, which was like the most crazy thing I've ever read in my entire life. I do have to give a big hat tip to General Counsel Michael Raber, Georgia Athletic Association's General Counsel, who penned a nine-page 4,800 word masterclass completely discrediting Alan Judd, who's since been terminated, and quite frankly, completely discrediting the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Uh, what should have happened happened. Now, I think everybody's focused on football. Yeah, as a as a lawyer and a journalist or somebody who, <laughs> yeah. who writes things, man, that was wild to watch and fascinating and incredibly disappointing because. AJC, that's the most important media outlet in the South, I'd argue. And, and for them to to do what they did uh, was just massively disappointing. I canceled my subscription. And, you know, I think uh, our viewers and listeners, you don't have to worry about journalistic malpractice 
on uh, our this fine podcast. <laughs> yeah. Earlier. We go straight to the source. We bring you exactly news from the source's mouth, and uh, you know it's it, it's good to have the moral high ground on the fish wrappers from Atlanta. <laughs> Let me just say one thing: if people are tuning into Punt and the Poor Man for journalistic integrity. You've come to the wrong place. All right. We're going to entertain you. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk to some interesting figures. We are going to do things the right way. There's no doubt. Speaking of the right way, uh, you brought us an unbelievable guest today. And I'm fired up to talk to this guy. I've known him since I was in college. uh, And then I went up against him in the National Football League. Georgia more recently went up against him in a very important college football playoff game. And now he is back in the NFL. You want to give a little bit of background on our guest? I know you guys have a little bit more of a personal relationship than I do with him. But this dude is a complete stud, a rising star in the game of football, and he may or may not be the youngest coordinator in the NFL. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, if, if he's not, he's close. And if he's not today, he might have been previously. But uh, yeah, today's guest went to Centennial High School from Roswell, Georgia. Never played a snap of collegiate football or professional football, but man, he was hell at the intramural fields playing for the Sigma Phi Epsilon flag <laughs> football team. Guy could chuck a football 80 yards. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was one of the highest ranking members of our esteemed fraternity to not achieve the title of brother mentor. If you're a SIGAP, you're I don't know what that means. What does that mean for our listeners? It's just it's shameful. And anybody, any SIGAP listening nationwide will, will understand the shame associated with that. But he brother he's mentor, he's been able to succeed despite those shortcomings. Uh, no, today's guest is, uh, of course, Yacht Rock superstar Michael McDonald, <laughs> the brothers. Let's bring him in. Yeah, he's not in yet. We're waiting for him to jump in, and then we'll fire him up. But yes, Michael McDonald, the current defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. He was a graduate assistant at the University of Georgia on the football team under Coach Mark Richt when I was in school. So that's how I got to know Michael. Uh, Played against him when I was with the Arizona Cardinals. He was an assistant with the Ravens then. They blocked a punt in the fourth quarter. I thought I was going to get cut after the game. I did not get cut because we won the game. Thankfully, he was linebacker's coach back then. And then he had a short stint at Michigan. He was the defensive coordinator in 2021 for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, notably making it to the Orange Bowl, winning the Big Ten, and then losing to Georgia in said Orange Bowl as Georgia went on to win the national championship. But we have a lot to talk to him about. I have a lot of questions for Mike. I have a lot of questions about how you were as a fraternity brother in SIGEP in Athens. We all know who you are now. And here he is. So let's bring him on in. Michael McDonald is our guest today on Punt and the Poor Man. Oh, Mike, here he is. Working? Yes. That's, that's his good side, actually. Just yes. Mike, that's probably the more attractive. There he is. There he is. Mike, how are you, man? Welcome into Punt and the Poor Man. Appreciate you joining Ryan and I on this very esteemed podcast. We just gave you a glowing introduction. Really appreciate your time today. <laughs> Uh, hopefully everybody doesn't believe everything you guys said, but it's good to see you guys, man. I haven't seen you in a while, Drew, but, and uh, Ryan, long time no see, buddy. I know. We just had Mike and his wife and a guy, George Hilo, who was uh, the linebackers coach at Michigan while uh, Mike was DC there. They were down at the house this past week. We got to play some golf, go out to dinner. And, you know, the most, 
this is Mike's whole story. I feel like is kind of a, a series of long shots. Like I said, he wasn't good enough <laughs> to play football in Georgia, but he ended up being a coach in the NFL. But the biggest long shot was meeting his wonderful wife, Stephanie, three-time <laughs> NFL uh, cheerleading veteran. She cheered for the Titans. Wow. Redskins and the Ravens. She is more welcome than Mike in any NFL stadium. <laughs> and, uh, getting to hear her stories and, and know her was was awesome. So, yeah, we just got to spend some great time with them. Said she's the Brett Favre of NFL cheerleading. She's cheered like eight years and retired like three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a great problem to have. There's no doubt. Mike, uh, we've had a, a couple of very interesting guests who are Georgia adjacent or of Georgia legend. You, of course, having gone to UGA and then being a grad assistant and then a defensive assistant on the football team, that's where I got to know you. Uh, but before we get into the football stuff, Ryan was mentioning your days in SIGEP, how you were or were not a brother mentor. I don't know what that means. Um, but didn't get to the highest degree, you know. Okay. Rejection, man. You know, sometimes you got to deal with it. Not bitter at all. Never be a Freemason. Just... <laughs> what what was Ryan Skates like in the fraternity house? I think a lot of people want to know that. We get a little bit of his personality when we read the weekly poor man's game notes. Um, I think this could go one or two ways. Yeah, he's the 40-year-old dad that, you know, had already been through everything with uh with loafers and only cared about alumni. <laughs> <laughs> Still the same way. We needed a new bathroom in that house bad. And my one hope was to get some rich alumni. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was good times, man. We hadn't we hadn't talked about about the uh, you know, fraternity days in a while, so it's good catching up. Yeah, um, no so question. I'm gonna, I'll, you know what? I'll trash my fraternity all day. But we were <laughs> uh, freshmen or sophomores. It must it must have been freshman year. You know, they made us do community service. You know, I think I was trying to help single moms learn how to play golf, like a uh, <laughs> like club pro guy. But Mike went and uh, coached linebackers at Cedar Schultz. And that was how he got started in coaching. I just always think that was the coolest thing is 18 year old kid out there helping other 18 year old kids just <laughs> he wanted to wanted to help him out out of the goodness of his heart. And now he's defensive coordinator for the Ravens and uh, contemporary of Todd Munkin. And, and, you know, we see him on TV and everybody says, I knew him when. So uh eternally proud to know mike and all he's done it's, it's cool to have you on the show yeah it's awesome to be here appreciate that bud that's incredible so your first foray into coaching football was doing community service at cedar shoals high school is that correct well ryan makes it seem like it was out of the goodness of my heart it turns <laughs> out that i wish i was a great as good of a guy but the so the guy that xavier smith was my high school coach my senior year and uh getting the job at Cedar Shoals in Athens from Roswell. And uh, when I learned of that, I had this itch that was, that I just couldn't, couldn't scratch enough and felt like it was, you know, you know, divine intervention, call what you call what you want. But uh, we had reached out to him and it was serendipitous that way that we ended up working for him my junior and senior year at uh, when I was an undergrad. Yeah. So that's how I got my start. So undergrad years, 2008, 2009, you were the linebackers coach and running backs coach at Cedar Shoals in Athens. And then you become a graduate assistant at Georgia in 2010. What was that process like? I mean, are they actively looking for GAs? You get no into way. grad school and yeah. you say, I want to get in there. What's Dude. that deal? Uh, I mean, do you even know, Drew, on how this whole process works, I, man? No, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> this is Coach Grantham years, correct? 
Yeah, well, so it was um, Willie Martinez was the defensive coordinator at the time when I was an undergrad. Okay, and I knew I wanted to get I wanted to get into college coaching, and I didn't know how. Uh, so Earl Leonard had helped me out getting a couple connections, but basically I just went over to Buttsmere once a week for like two years and just tried to meet with Coach T and anybody that would talk to me. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, Coach T was a big help, and uh, it was just you know I was just trying to stay you know consistent with showing my face and eventually maybe something would pop long story short right before I graduated I saw Todd Grantham at a Starbucks for an 8 a.m class don't ask me what I was doing up that early and uh, I had sent up a binder previously and this whole coaching thing which is a bunch of I mean it, you know whatever it was a bunch of crap but I, I put a lot of work into it and he said well come on by and I uh, said well hey you know you can volunteer for you if you want and uh, you just got to get into grad school so the people at the grad school were pissed off because I was you know, late applying and I wasn't abiding by all the rules, but uh, weaseled my way into grad school and volunteered for a year and uh, G and then got hired as a grad assistant after all the GAs left that first year. And that Those are the days where the, the support staff wasn't a, you know, small yeah. militia, you know, so it was just a few of us and, and we had a, we had a great time, man. It was, it was a grind, but it was fun. All right, uh, Ryan, I, I want to get your next question, but that was 2010 when you become a grad assistant. I mean, in your wildest dreams, could you have said 10, 13 years ago to Mike McDonald, hey, in 13 <laughs> years, you're going to be the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens? No, man, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to survive Todd Grantham on a daily basis, bro. <laughs> but if you could if you could navigate the day without getting destroyed. Um, There's a good day. You know, doubt. I mean, Todd Hartley and I still joke. I mean, we're, you know, breaking the copy machine daily. Absolute nightmare. He had this thing called a hit chart, which is all the formations. You guys might have heard of something, but just all the formations printed out with all the plays and there's glue stick involved and cutting paper. It was like arts and crafts time, super late Sunday nights that, uh, you know, we're not going to get those days back, unfortunately, but we laugh about it now. You guys had some great success though in those years. So, after you know undergrad i was in law school at georgia while mike was coaching at georgia and so we were able to continue to, to we were both in grad school we took a grad school class together looking back we had you who ended up becoming defensive coordinator for the ravens and also for michigan and michigan's most epic year you know in modern history since 97 and then you also had josh brooks who's now the yeah. uh, athletic director yeah. we had a stacked class christian robinson was in there um, yeah Anyway, we all Josh would get in there after doing projects and would be I'd be thinking like, you know, this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> Just try it. Turns out it worked. Yeah, absolutely. So then after Georgia, you were defensive quality control assistant eleven to thirteen. Um, then you get a chance to head to the NFL. Was that an opportunity you couldn't pass up? Again, were you actively looking to kind of take the next step in your coaching career? Because obviously that that's a big step. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I'm not I think there's a, there's a pretty good record of the, my lack of recruiting uh, expertise <laughs> out there. And I think that started to show itself when I was at Georgia, you know, that's all awkward when we had visits on campus and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know if this, it's like, maybe the pro game is the, is the way to go. And uh, so I kind of had my heart set on, on going that direction. And uh, Rodney Garner actually, <clears throat> um, you know, recommended me to a Raven scout in 2013 and I had gone up for an interview for a personnel position with those folks. So I got to meet a bunch of people mm -hmm. in the building in Baltimore. And, you know, I, I said the, the non-lucky word of like, hey, I think I still want to be a coach. 
to the folks on the personnel side. So that got me, uh, you know, crossed off the list pretty quickly. But luckily, I was still kind of in the hopper for the next year. So in 2014, John started this intern idea to bring in some some young coaches. And and uh, luckily, I was part of that kind of experiment. That was the first time he did it. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get hired there. And then that's when it all got started. What sets interns apart in the mind of a John Harbaugh head coach, great head coach, <laughs> Super Bowl winning head coach for yeah. – the Baltimore Ravens. Is it new ideas? Is it simply showing up every day with a good attitude? Is it getting along with the players and coaches? Like what would you tell a young intern to set themselves apart in a college or an NFL front office? That's a great question. You know, when we got, when we got there, there was four of us, we, there wasn't much of a, they didn't quite sure have, have an idea of exactly what the job description was. So it's kind of like create your own job description. So it's just, just take on stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I mean, you're in the NFL. You're in an NFL building working for probably the best organization in ball. And like, I didn't. I'm, you're, you know, I'm living right down the street, so I didn't leave. You know, I just stayed there all day. I food's good. Food's free. Yeah, they feed you. I mean, like, there's yeah. no reason to leave the building. Shoot, they I, do your laundry they, for you. They do your laundry. You can't it's beat awesome. it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so you know, and you get to, and you have access to all tape for the last ten years, like. You like you kidding me so you know and and john was awesome he's he gives you a lot of projects over time that empowers you and, and and stretches you and um you know develops you over time so i mean shoot it was the it was an awesome awesome experience man just doing stuff that i had no business doing at that age but you just jump in head first and you kind of kind of too young and too dumb to know like hey if, like what if i fail at this you, you don't really think about that you're just trying to learn and and uh, do whatever you can to help every you know help the coaches and and try to win some games. I remember in 2015, my wife and I we went to DC, and uh, Mike took the train down from Baltimore, and it was about this time of year. And we were just we were talking about life and trying to make money and stuff. And he's like, "Man, you know, if I can get through this week, I've got <laughs> what he said. I've got dollars in my bank account. If I can get through this week from now until February, I do not have to spend." Yeah. That's great. Every meal, all my clothes, everything is taken care of. So, you know, I'm just really trying to get to next week. Of course, now he brushes his teeth with gold coins. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, I remember. That's great. That's great. Ryan took his private jet up to D.C., which is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he left that part out. It's a long (laughs) drive from the private area. You got to go, you know, through uh, Langley and all kinds. It's it's, it's not. It's really. (laughs) There's a lot of security up there, apparently. Yeah. All right, so six years in the NFL, heading up to 2020 through 2020. Life's pretty good. Like you said, the NFL lifestyle is is pretty sweet in season, especially for a coach. Then you get an awesome opportunity to become the guy, defensive coordinator at one of, if not the most prestigious program in college football history for John Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, at the University of Michigan. Did you have to think twice about that? Did you jump across the table when they offered it to you? Did it take any convincing with your wife? What was that process like? Yeah, man, I wish I could. I wish I could say that I just I knew it was such a great opportunity and jumped at it, but I didn't know. I mean, like you said, you're just in it. And when the opportunity came up, when when John and I talked and eventually had the conversation with Jim, um, I you know I've never been to the Midwest before. I've never even stepped foot in the state of Michigan uh college football was just kind of not on my radar uh so once I was able to actually like 
I think actually helped like physically getting out of the building, going home, talking over with Steph. And then, then it became blatantly obvious. She's like, okay, this is, this is pretty awesome. I got to pinch myself here. And then when you actually get on campus and meet the, meet the players and the coaches and you, and you realize how big Michigan is internationally, you know, yeah. it really probably is the biggest brand out there. I mean, you realize the block M just is a, is a powerful deal. And uh, shoot, I mean, I, there's a lot of naivety right now and all these stories that I'm telling you, but maybe maybe that's the, the secret that you just don't realize, you know, how much kind of pressure and is on you at the time. And you're just focused on doing a great job. But uh, yeah, that was wild, bro. It was wild because it was during the season. You know, we were making a run in 2020. Uh, I think that, that was the COVID season. And uh, Jim was great. You know, like, I think we agreed that, you know, we we're going to, we we're going to work together and started trying to put a staff together, but we're still in a playoff run. So we said, Hey, you know, you can, you can finish it out uh, with Baltimore and, and hopefully you guys win the Super Bowl and get here in February. But unfortunately we ended up losing in Buffalo that year, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a while. It happened fast too. Like, uh, you know, realized that they had an opening and then maybe a couple of days later, John mentioned something to me and by the end of the week, I was hired. It was crazy. Would you be recognized when you were living in Ann Arbor and you went to, you know, wherever Yankees that <laughs> your version of Chick-fil-A you're standing in line. What did people know who you I mean, if I'm, if I'm decked out with like a Michigan gear, maybe like a, like a picture above my head or something from the TV screen, maybe by the end, only when we were winning, you know, when we were losing, if we lost Michigan state, you know, we lost kind of tried to hide on that one, but. Tell us about that Ohio state game. It, um, and we've talked about it just because, um, it was so epic to see on television in the snow in Michigan Stadium. And I mean, it was such a watershed victory for Michigan. And, and you were obviously were key that you were the story coming out of that the defense was the story. Just tell us what it was like to live through that as a college football fan and and a guy who's, who's, who's played and, and competed at every part of uh, or every level in football. The, the atmosphere was absolutely electric, man. I, like you guys saw it on TV and, and uh, the guys doing the game you know, Gus Johnson and um, Joel Klatt, they were, uh, you know, I've since gone back and listened to it and stuff, but like they did a great job of, of like painting that picture, you know, but when, at one point I looked up and it's like snow. I mean, you don't really realize during the game, I'm looking up, it's snowing, we're winning. I think there's a minute left for about, and I was like, man, this is, uh, this is off the chain, bro. This is, this is pretty special. You know, so it's fortunate to realize in the moment of how cool it was and really take it in and then, you know, to be able to celebrate with the guys and your family and friends after and everybody rushing the field uh, was just a once in a lifetime deal. You know, we get, so after that, like I give the rest of the stat, we got a big framed like landscape, you know, those big frame yeah. like, pictures. Yeah. I got those for the staff after. I thought that was pretty cool. That's uh, awesome. We could, we could all share that forever, but it took, bro, it took me like an hour to get back into the locker room, but you know, I had to go around the stadium. I couldn't even go up to the tunnel. It was so crazy. Uh, I mean, that's was, a monumental victory. First time in years, the first time Jim Harbaugh had beaten Ohio State. And then you guys are going to the Big Ten Championship. You end up winning the Big Ten Championship yeah. uh, and then taking on Georgia, your alma mater, in the Orange Bowl. I mean, conflicted at all? Uh, is there any point no. <laughs> even during – okay, good answer. Still is, there upset any, about it. is there any point even during that run where, where you're sitting in your office kind of pinching yourself like, holy shit, I'm the defensive coordinator of Michigan – we're the number two ranked team in the country. We're going up against Georgia for a chance to play for a national championship. No, you're just so locked um, in. You're just like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. Like it, Drew, you know, this from being in buildings and stuff, but like, you're just in it and doing what you do every day. And 
the great thing about Michigan and what we had there were we had such a we were the coaching staff and the players were so tight and Jim did an awesome job of um, just setting the tone for that team and letting the players. I mean, we had some elite leader like Josh Ross, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, um, Brad. Hopkins. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hawkins, I mean, you just go down the list on defense. I mean, on offense, we had some great guys too, but the guys that we were with every day just had such a great mixture of dudes that really were hungry you know, to, to go out a champion and they, and they paid the price, man, they did it every day. So when you have players like that and you have an, a kind of agreement and such a great relationship that you want to get this done, like that's, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but really you're just, that's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the guys that you're, you're working with and you're coaching and trying to make sure you're, you're putting them in a position where they can be successful. And then when you do, you know, all of a sudden you look down and shoot, you're in Miami and you're playing Georgia, like, that's when the crazy stuff happens. But yeah, by no means during the process, are you thinking like, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to go, you know, this is what's happening. You just take it day by day. Looking back, obviously it was a great opportunity for us to make a run. And uh, you know, I'm still any, all the losses, they stick with, you, you know, that, Drew, like you just, yeah. you just, you just, what could I have done different things that you're trying to learn from moving forward? Took a lot of lessons from that, you know, even coming to Baltimore and you're just always trying to, trying to grow and trying to, trying to learn from, from mistakes that you make, even times when you win, you're still learning from that, but it's a lot easier to, to learn from stuff when you, when you, when you fall short. Ryan, I, I want to get to your next question, uh, but you just brought something up. The losses stick with you. I don't know if you've seen it or have had time to see it, but the Netflix documentary quarterback following yeah. cousins, Mahomes and Mariota, it's fantastic. And Patrick Mahomes says, he's like, dude, I've been to five or six AFC championships and I've already won two Super Bowls. But all I think about are the losses. I mean, it's crazy hearing him say that, a guy who's accomplished so much. Have you have you have you seen it, Ryan? No, I haven't. No. It's have awesome. Yep. There's another podcast out there called The Play Callers. Have you guys heard about no, that? No, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, you should listen to it. It's really they, they did a great job with it. But uh Andrew, they're talking about the the Shan the Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, McDaniel kind of coaching tree. And uh, the evolution of that, which brought us, you know, brings us today, but they have a lot of guys talking. About, I think it's Andrew Whitworth on there. Yeah. And he says the same thing, you know, like talking about the losses, man. I mean, they talk about the big, all the success that those coaches have had the last, you know, 10 years, but five, six years really is what they're focusing on. But they're thinking about the losses, man. And those are the ones that really drive, you know, evolution over time because it, it really shows you, you know, where your uh, blind spots are. Think about this, Mike. I played in the Senior Bowl in 2012. The Redskins were our coaching staff for the South team. So Mike Shanahan was the head coach. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. LaFleur was the quarterback's coach. Sean McVay was the tight ends coach. Bobby Slowick was on the defensive staff. Jim Hazlitt, Raheem Morris. Like that was a murderer's row 
of a coaching staff. Looking back now, you're like, oh, my God. I guess they just didn't like me. That's why I'm not in the league anymore. They're all over the place. They're <laughs> yeah, they're head the- coach everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It is funny. And they talk about that on the podcast about, you know, the, the room that they're all in and all the times they're fighting about ideas and things like that. It's interesting. So tell us about, and, and I want to hear Drew's take on this too. I know that you prefer NFL ball to college ball and for a lot of reasons. And I've told well, you that I think NFL are we on, are we on record for that, Ryan? <laughs> we, do you want, we can cut that out. Yeah, Liam, if we need to cut that, just let us know. Liam yeah. can cut it. <laughs> yeah, if you're up for a head coaching job in the SEC, of course, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, walk us through, you know, I've, I think of the pinnacle of of college or, or of football in America being something like that Ohio State Michigan game where it's snowing and you beat this old time rival and it's fantastic. And I have a harder time grasping like what the equivalent of that is in the pro game. You know, yeah, I, I want to hear from both of you guys walk me through walk me through that. Give I have the hardest time staying awake on Sunday afternoons watching you guys. Uh, oh, I was killing, I was killing Ryan Mike. Dude. I mean, yeah, Steelers Ravens, dude, like top of the food chain NFL rivalry right there, man. No doubt. No doubt. He's right. Right. Uh, Drew just happens to be on the wrong side of it, but <laughs> I mean, look, I know coach Tomlin and coach Harbaugh have such respect for each other, but man, they go at it, dude. And I know those weeks like Monday when you clock in and it's Ravens week and you're a Steeler, it's like, dude, we're going to war. And that the fan base jumps into it. You know it's going to be a battle. I mean, hell, my rookie year, like James Harrison was still on the team. And, dude, I mean, James Harrison, Ray Lewis, like all time. Mike, yeah, you could definitely talk more about that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the difference in college is you only play once a year. And the stakes are – I mean, the stakes – the whether or not you win the game, right? One, it's first of all, it's bragging rights, right? Because you, there's not another game where you can kind of settle the score, but also, you know, just losses. One loss will kill you in college football. So there is a little bit of a difference there, I guess. But um, but Drew's right. I mean, the, our rivalry, and we, we, really in our division, which the awesome part about our division is there's natural rivalries with every team, you know. Mm-hmm. So. You, I mean, the Raven Steelers, I think, like, I agree. I think that's the best in best in NFL football. But, I mean, us and the Bengals, we're right there. I know the Steelers and the Bengals have a heck of a history. And then, you know, the Browns and the Ravens, I mean, shoot, it's a, it's from day one. You know, there's a lot of history between just the two cities of Cleveland and, and, and Baltimore. So, um, it means a lot to us. Now, like, when you get into, like, we're playing the NFC West, which you play once every four years, like, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a little different. You don't feel the, the history there, but definitely within the division, I, I, I think it's alive and well. If we could get Ryan off the island and, and out into the mix <laughs> a little bit, like there is no, like Ohio might be a bad example because they do have Ohio State football, but like Baltimore, I mean, it's the Ravens when it comes to football. And Pittsburgh, yeah. they love the Steelers to the point where like that's an SEC type atmosphere in Pittsburgh. So geographically speaking, that AFC North, that that's that's one of the toughest, if not the toughest division to play in football. I think also the pressure from a livelihood standpoint in the NFL. And what I, what I mean by that is there's nothing better or more fun than winning NFL football. The coaches are happy. The locker room's happy. Ownership's happy. Dude, you have two losses in a row. I mean, everybody's walking on eggshells. Like, who's getting cut? Bottom of that roster starts getting churned. Coaches are like, what the hell is going on? 
Would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah. Uh, uh, fortunately, <laughs> From I've your been... cushy defensive coordinator office. Meanwhile, I'm the punter walking around like, oh, shit, here it comes. <laughs> well, you know, we did have a couple of uh, tough endings last year. And it's just like, man, this is like the lows are low, bro. I mean, so you have to be you have to be like trusting in your principles and the things you're doing and the people around you. But once, and you'll see it throughout the league, like, um, you know, if people aren't on solid ground throughout the year, it's very hard to maintain that cohesion that is so necessary to win. You know, so the teams are able to kind of navigate those rough waters when you do lose two in a row. Cause it's at some point it's inevitable, you know, the league's so competitive that, uh, um, but yeah, man, I mean, like, you know, we, we've been in the, we've been in games where, you know, guys will get cut or coaches get fired in the middle of the season. You're right. It's uh, it's the most competitive league. I can't think of one that's more competitive just because it's every, every week comes down to the last minute. Just anything, Ryan, everything, everything in college football, nine times out of 10 will not come down to the last minute or two. Like, and when it does, it's like epic, right? Like Ohio state, Georgia. I mean, that was a all time game, right? Just back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, that's every week in the NFL. That's every game. Every game. Coach Tomlin, uh, Monday mornings, he put five plays up on the projector. Five plays that determine the outcome of the game. Like, because it's coming down to the last minute. There's no doubt. He'd be like, this punt right here, you know, this penalty on third down, which extended. Like, that's what he's doing. He's like, those five plays just cost us that game. And you're like, damn, that sucks. But that's what happens, Mike. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I want to ask you about Coach Rick. Um, you got your coaching start with Coach Richt on that staff. What kind of principles you talk about, you know, really standing by your principles throughout an entire season or work ethic or, you know, relationships? What did you learn from a guy like CMR who's getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame this December, which should be awesome, that you've continued yeah, to carry it. on through your coaching career? Yeah, I saw that. I'm obviously really, really happy for him. But, and um, I mean, what a, what a tremendous human being. I mean, just a, Talk about a guy that walks the walk in everything that he says and does. And uh, it makes you, it made you proud to be on his staff. Like you, you were like coach Rick is my coach, you know, like you kind of walk a little taller when you meet people that like coach Rick is our coach. You are proud to be a Georgia bulldog uh, at that time. And it just showed you that like, like you can be a principal based leader in that world, you know, cause it's so cutthroat, so, so competitive. There's so many things behind the scenes that a lot of teams, you know, you think that take advantage of and they can take shortcuts and do all these different things, but that was not, that was not Mark Rick. That he is a, um, he is one of a kind. And I, I just had a lot of respect for him working with him on a day-to-day -day basis, same guy every day. And uh, no matter what was going on and uh, just a, just a, just an easy man to, to want to run through a wall for, and I think the players, Drew, you probably agree. The players probably felt the same way, right? Yeah, I think you, you said it. The The number one thing that I always tell people about Coach Rick is that he was the same guy every day, whether it was game day, post-game press conference, Monday, Wednesday. Like that was the biggest thing that I learned being around him is he wasn't fake. He didn't have to put it on for the cameras. He didn't have to cuss and scream. Like it was Coach Rick all day, every day. And now being, you know, 34 with three kids and working, it's like, dude, I respect that so much. It, it really is true. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm proud that I was able to work for him, for sure. All right, this question, take uh, Drew out of this, and of course, take me out of it, too. I know it's going to be hard. 
but who are the most talented people you you've spent time around? <laughs> you know, going from Georgia all the way, all the way, people who just all the way to the Ravens, people who just stuck out to you like this guy is on a different level like i can't imagine i don't know if you were there when ray lewis was there at the ravens but working in the same building as ray lewis <laughs> i mean that would have been that would have been awesome i i unfortunately was not there he, he retired he retired after they won the super bowl and then i came two years later okay sorry i mean i know this it's like i can't narrow i mean i could go through the great players that we played with but what these guys are able to do and drew you can co-sign on this they're like, it's incredible, bro. They're like superhuman. I mean, it's just, and I, my, my butt goes out there and like, I'm trying to demonstrate a drill. And I look like the biggest idiot. Of <laughs> and I'm like, how am I supposed to explain this? And they just, they make it look seamless. And when you watch the game, I guess when you watch NFL football, it's like, it's so fast, but it's so clean. Is that even in practice, like there's no falling down. Everything just looks like a well-orchestrated um like dance almost because it's just everyone is just so good and that's what makes it so competitive i mean i i just i i eric weddle pops off the top of my head um how he was able to process the game and and being an elite athlete at the same time thinking about like a, a terrell suggs just yeah. just a rugged um raven you know just from the get-go absolute bully people don't realize this about sis is he is a elite high level thinker in the game talk about like and all these guys that are so talented Ryan. they all it all comes to with the the preparation and the mental aspect too but one of the smartest players i've ever been around or or, or you know terrell suggs and, and eric little i think those two guys that just pop off the top of my head i think a guy that you deserve a lot of credit for uh, alongside coach grantham a guy that really didn't have an identity until coach grantham came in Justin Houston, who was turned into a freaking All-American, absolute game wrecker, NFL draft pick, signed a monster contract. You know, I think it took some vision of how he could produce in that Georgia defense, kind of putting him on that outside like nine technique, Jack yeah. linebacker, if you want to call it. And, dude, he just absolutely shot up the draft boards and had a great career. Yeah. To, uh, one thing I learned a lot from from Todd was like, if he had a great player, he could make like we did it with Jarvis. We did it with uh, Leonard Floyd. He would make the game plan around him so he could wreck the game. Yeah, those are his words. And I think what they were doing with like Demarcus Ware when he was in Dallas that 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 illustrated a lot of how we wanted to use Justin. So they were playing in the same position. And I worked with with uh, Todd with the outside backers in 2010. I was joking when we when we signed Justin last year. I was like, Do you remember me? I was this guy just getting my freaking ass kicked every day by you uh, on the bag. But yeah, I was your student assistant in 2010, but uh, he did a great job with just think about Justin is like, he is a, a maniacal worker. So, and studier of the game and understands pass rush. And it's like all he thinks about to his credit. And he just, he understands that really at a different level and, and taught us a lot last year, a year together. I remember being at the pro bowl with him one year and he was just clinicking us on on pass rush he sees it a little differently than um than most people so it was just it was awesome to be around him and, and to hear how he thinks about it and the moves and how he sets it up and all those things but he he is talk about one of the most talented people you're around he's definitely up there uh on the flip side when you're breaking down tape 
even in college now in the NFL, like who's a guy on the offensive side of the ball where you're like, oh shit, we got to make sure that we're on our stuff because this guy could expose us any second. Well, the first guy is Lamar Jackson. Luckily, we don't have to play him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Always in practice, you know, you just get to stay away from the quarterback, you know. So, hey, you know, we're just staying away from Lamar on this play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> in reality, he's going to juke you, make you, you know, look foolish and throw it down the field. Um, shoot, bro. I mean, there's so – I think the – I think the athleticism at the quarterback play right now is especially in the AFC, especially in the AFC and like NFC too. I'm thinking of Jalen Hurts and guys like that, but guys that can extend plays and um, even if you defend the play perfectly on paper, they still make you pay. Those are the ones that are just you know so difficult to defend. We didn't play Mahomes last year, but I mean he's he's you know the best in the world at it right now. Josh Allen. You know, obviously in our division, um, Burrow. Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett does it. You know, Kenny Pickett, he does it as well. So it's it's all throughout the league, man. So, like, you have to make sure that when you're game planning, you're accounting for that. And that's hard to do. And I think, um, you know, the league's catching up, trying to catch up to those quarterbacks right now. But, um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to get that figured out. Ryan, you got to watch quarterback, man. You're going to have such a new appreciation for Patrick Mahomes. This dude is he, – he's the best quarterback in the game. Um, and the way he takes over the game with his athleticism, like Mike's saying, his preparation, you're going to be like, man, this is insane what this guy does. It's awesome. It's funny. Every 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 coordinator goes up to him after the game is like, hey, you're an absolute nightmare. You know, yep. that's the, it's so true. Fun. So true. I'd walk up to him and be like, who are you? <laughs> That's great. All right. Let's Listen out, Ryan. NFL football, baby. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit. I can only <laughs> imagine a man of your stature, the uh, golf opportunities that have opened to you since uh, since getting these high-profile jobs. Tell us some of the best golf experiences you've had. I know you get to go to caves a good bit. Uh, t- tell us uh, what's your golf game like now? What are some cool places you've played recently? I got this great friend. He lives down in Sea Island, and he invited us to go play. Good answer. He invited us to play Seaside a few weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, the putt-putt course was booked, so we went. Yeah, <laughs> that was better for, for us. But this guy had never seen Seaside before, which is the hardest course down here, arguably. And uh, on the front, he shoots a smooth 34. No okay. Problem. I think he had two bogeys, too. And Wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah, bogey and two birdies, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so. Um, what did I shoot on the back? Yeah, like 48 or something. <laughs> No, have you played burning tree play no haven't played burning tree yet got to I, play caves yeah right ryan has these these images in my head that i just fly around and play these incredible courses but uh there's some great golf up here in baltimore there, a lot of it's private uh i just joined a place called woodholm um here in town that's a, that's an awesome course uh trey bennett he's a former dog uh, he lived, he works up here for the Ravens too. He, he's going to, he's taking me to BCC, which is yeah. a great BCC East up here. Tilling has course. Yeah. 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 They got their own tees there. Uh, that's a great course. Caves was awesome. I played that once. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's like, that's just like an experience. You know, it was wild. We played Sage Valley. Uh, uh, last, last year with a couple, couple other coaches. That was elite. That was like, Holy smokes. This is, this is big time, but that's about it. My dad and I have gone overseas to Scotland a couple of times. You guys have gone overseas to play? I haven't. I've been overseas, but I haven't played over there. I got a group of buddies who are going over to Ireland for 10 days next week, so they're fired up. Oh, that's elite. You yeah. got to do it. I mean, and 
we're just gonna have like i haven't done the whole golf trip with the buddies yet but maybe we can make that happen that'd be awesome okay yeah, let's do it next off season we got it just so kyle i'm talking to drew now kyle and i are coming up to baltimore for a game it's we don't know which one yet but stephanie told us that we get to sit in their cool seats yeah and i'm you know inviting i'm gonna have a guest of a guest now mike so i'm gonna invite drew and his wife and their 12 children up <laughs> and, uh, we got to figure out what game we're going to drew and maybe we oh that'd be awesome man before while mike's grinding and then we'll tell them about the cool place we played and they go out and beat the Bengals on Thursday night or something. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. All right, so it's July twentieth. Uh, training camp starts next week. W- what's this next week look like for Mike McDonald? You got the honey do list ready to go. I mean, you're about to be locked in until hopefully mid February. Well, so I'm I'm locked in. So we have there's a week before the vets report with the where the rookies are in. So they're in right now. So we we have like a an hour long call out a practice workout meetings with the guys. So we're getting, we're getting those guys up to speed quarterbacks reported today. Uh, so we'll have them out there tomorrow. So we're in it, baby. Um, you know, the, the trip down to see, to see uh, Ryan and Kyle, that was kind of the last to raw of the summer, but um, you know, putting the finishing touches on the training camp plan and making sure everything's tight and organized and ready to go. I mean, we got a great plan that we're starting out with, but you also, you can't be, married to that throughout you know you just have to be flexible throughout the process and wherever the team is and things you need to improve on and work on and um you know the the players and what they can do will kind of drive how we evolve throughout camp and hopefully you know at the end of the at the end of it we're ready to go and we feel like you know we have enough defense where they're really good at and can start the year the right way all right this might be a little inside football question because most people may or may not know this but it's been like three or four or five years since the Ravens have lost a preseason game. Tell me <laughs> during that, during that all call to get into training camp, does coach Harbaugh have a slide that says like, we don't lose preseason games. What's the, what's the mantra around that? Well, we're trying to win every game. That's, that's okay, basically there you go. it. It just happens to be a preseason game. Um, I think that, I think something that we do a great job here is we develop our young players. They get a lot of reps and, uh, I, don't, I can't speak for any other organization. I haven't worked for any other team, but something I feel like we do is we give our guys a, a great chance to make a name for themselves and give them an opportunity to go show what they can do. And you build up all those reps after a four to five week period. And I think they're ready to play late in those games, you know, and yeah, it's fun to see those guys have an opportunity to go out and show what they can do. And when they're making plays and stuff and they're all, and they're, and they're fired up, that that's a cool feeling. But yeah, we, I don't, I don't remember the last one we lost, but it's been, it's been a while. If you had to place Ryan Skates into some capacity in an NFL building, I mean, from cafeteria chef to Canada. pro personnel, wh- where are you fitting Ryan Skates into an NFL franchise? Like Outside of offensive, offensive coordinator, Ryan, is that? Yeah, just so you could dominate, Mike. <laughs> make you look really good. I know that much. I'm going to be the high-dollar uh, season ticket sales rep. I'm gonna okay, that. I like that. That's Trey Bennett. The boxes, yeah, to to guys, and you take them to play golf, whining and dining. Yeah, that's no, no doubt. You're that's Trey Bennett. Piece of cake. We can make that happen. Perfect. He sent me a picture, of Ryan. He's down in Seattle a couple weeks ago too. Now, did he, he married? This is this is inside. He married Haley Sherbach, right? Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Haley Sherbach, Trey Bennett, multiple shouts out here on the punt <laughs> yeah. and the poor man. Well, Mike, dude, it's been so awesome. Um, reconnecting with you we appreciate your time here on punt and the poor man we're getting this thing back rolling again we did three episodes earlier this spring the next three episodes made possible by our great partners over at holderness and born ryan's got to send you some of this fresh gear so you can be rocking it on the road during some of your road trips uh, but i think you just gained a lot of baltimore ravens fans here uh, so we really really appreciate you jumping on i know you're super busy with training camp starting uh ryan thanks so much for getting mike in the fold man this has been a blast uh, we'll send you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. These are no joke. I appreciate it, guys. That was awesome, man. And uh, good luck with everything. Congrats on your success so far. I listened to uh, the first couple episodes, make sure I didn't do anything stupid. So you did Hopefully. great. You did great. Just you passed two, with flying colors. Things. Yeah, we'll get you some notes, but just two or three things. <laughs> you, you better media Only media one thing to edit, you know, in case yeah. somebody comes calling. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Uh, thanks so much, Mike. Best of luck this season. We'll keep tabs on you. All right, man. All right. Thanks, Drew. It's so awesome to have an NFL coordinator on punt and the poor man in episode four. I don't know many podcasts that can say that, but huge shout out to Georgia grad, Mike McDonald, current defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens for jumping on. I mean, two things really jumped out at me. One, he is extremely smart. Uh, and two, I had fun with him. He's a fun guy to talk to. That was cool. Yeah, no, I mean, he he did so well at Georgia. He was, you know, highest honors, whatever that summa cum laude. I didn't know. That's not on my degree. Uh, he was in Leonard Leadership Scholars. He could have gone and done anything he wanted to with his Terry degree and, um, you know, really took a big risk by taking a volunteer job. You I know. know. Pretty wild. He could have, um, he, he had every door open to him in uh, the business world and you know, instead applied it to football and it, it paid off in a big way for him. And it's just a, it's cool to see, but I did. Podcast, yeah. I mean, we're going to the moon, who's next, dude, I know who is next. We got to think about this. I got a couple on my hit list for sure. Again, huge shout out to Holgerness and born our presenting sponsor of punt and the poor man. That's the whole reason why we're back in the fold. And I'm sure they'll be happy to associate themselves with an NFL defensive coordinator, Holderness and Bourne offers premium apparel and accessories inspired by the game of golf, classic styles with modern fit and performance, holdernessandborn.com. And of course, head on over to the PMGN bookstore, the PMGN.com, official apparel provider of the Banner Year merch line. I've seen a lot of people rocking the Banner Year merch line, a lot of dignitaries, a lot of luminaries. A lot of very important people. I'm rocking mine right now. I don't fall into any of those categories, but it's got classic style, tailored fit, holderness and born, simply the best. Huge shout out for sponsoring Punt and the Poor Man. Do you have a wish list of who you'd want next on Punt and the Poor Man? I do, and they're on my phone. We got the text messages going. I hope Sweet. To keep, I hope to keep the, the pipeline fresh and, and a lot of cool people coming in. I mean, the, uh, between the podcast, that you've built and, and poor man's game note, just people who love the dogs. We have a lot of great people, I think, uh, to bring on. So I'm excited about, about what's in the future here. No Good question. Day. Yeah, it is going to be a great fall. And we're going to keep this going officially. If you're interested in sponsoring punt and the poor man to keep this thing going, reach out to us. You know where to find us. It's very, very easy. Again, huge thanks to Mike McDonald, Michael McDonald, not of Doobie brothers fame, but 
the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL for jumping on with us. Ryan, anything on the way out, my man? You know, I, while we're talking about Michael McDonald, I've got to tell you the story about, you know, Yacht Rock legend Michael McDonald. Okay. You have one for me? I'm a big Steely Dan fan in the song Peg. That was yeah. his appearance um, in, uh, on the radio was doing uh, background vocals for the song Peg by Steely Dan, which is an all-time song about a guy who goes to see his ex-girlfriend in a moody uh, movie show in a seedy place in New York. And uh, that's that's where it all got started. And I think our boy Mike McDonald is is living up to his namesake. <laughs> yes, he most certainly is. I'd love to know. Just as epic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, we appreciate you, my man. We'll be back next week with another episode of Punt and the Poor Man. Check us out at Punt and Poor Man on Instagram. This will also be up on YouTube. He is at the PMGN on Twitter. I am at Drew Butler, Twitter and Instagram. Appreciate you tuning in. We will talk to you next week. See you. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 